blessed assurance and welcome to Kingdom Christian Fellowship, KCF. We reveal the reality of the Kingdom of God and Christ Jesus in the lives of people all over the world. As you listen to this message, we pray that you are blessed and inspired to improve your relevance in the Kingdom of God. Imanalwa si zebre paraba laba she parababa repre paraba kapala la 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 rabra paraba kapala la 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 izabalaba she parababa baba baba yemane morosi palebo she parababa rakro paraba kadilwa si zebra pantele mene moshe bre paraba klatatada rabra patada balaba she parababa eruasi sepla palaba she paraba kaparaba baba baba rakonde eluasi zebre paraba libro lebro Parabaka shaparaba baba baba rapa parabaka paziba de bozuati de lebro parabashi bra parabaka paraba baba Emande lebo suasize, maledo te lebo shibra paraba kadile bo suatindele, rababa lebo shepa rababa, mene moruantante, yebaba raba kapala la 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 la, rapa paraba kazuantandele, jimariantote, repa paraba kapala la 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 la, rapa paraba kapala la la la, ebarwa si se para, jamana manin tonomonon telebo shibre paraba duatere bodode, rebro para. Raba kapala la 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 la, repa lebo shibra paraba kadiata la bashia paraba bam, rapa pa rapa pa rapa pa, izabala bashia tande, malebolo botu debere bokodo deboro bokro paraba bam, rapa pa le 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 le, rapa pa le 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 le, rapa pa le 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 le, zemana masha paraba baba bam, rapa pa rea para braka paraba kra paraba kapan, malebre parabra kapara baba si braba, rema lama shibra paraba kapara baba kapara, alebo dolobo suzende elebro parabadam, rakata ta teba 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 teba, lemro pantonde lebo shuata paria paparia 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 paparia, rababa lebo kodele bo suasi zeba, rebaba lebo shepre paraba kapara baba kapara baba baba, rababa lebo dolozi zezi 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 belaba shibaba rababa. Iba delebo tu atarabarabaranda. Mere bra parababa baba, rapa parabaka parababa baba, raka paliwa sizi, zibalaba shapa, randonde elebro parababa, makadele, 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 randonte pele bosi bada, ila lilwa shiprapa, kapadabadaba, rapadabadaba, rapadabadaba, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Good evening, mighty people of God. Um, it's a pleasure to be in your homes this evening. We thank God for this particular day. Today, it's a Thursday, and we are having our Renew Your Mind service, or our Kingdom Mindset service. Hallelujah. Now, it's just by the grace of God that we are here this point in time. And I want to thank God specially for the grace of our apostle, Apostle King Stejegot Singh. It's a powerful place to put your hands together wherever you are. I want us to acknowledge the grace of God upon his life and upon his ministry. I want us to thank the Lord for all the ordained ministers of God, Prophet Hayford, Reverend Linda, Reverend Della, Reverend Roland, Reverend Keith, Reverend Alan, Reverend Chris, Reverend Gabby, Reverend Sammy, Reverend Selassie, Reverend Anna, Reverend Bell, and all the others. We acknowledge the grace of God upon your life. All the ministers, Minister Lamy and the rest in the KCF team and those even on campus, we salute the grace of God upon your life and we thank God also for you. Now, before we start, I just want you to copy this link, share it on your status, copy this link, put it in your various WhatsApp platforms so that people will know that we are about to spend a few minutes in there presence of God. We're about to spend a few minutes in the word of God. Hallelujah. Now, before we continue, I'll just give you a minute or so as you share, right? I'll just give you a minute or so as you share. So, whilst you are doing that, with this is the Renew Your Mind service, and in the last couple of weeks, Reverend Delali started a number of messages on our Renew Your Mind services. 
by the grace of God, we entered into our season of fasting. So this services, which happens online, um, took a pause. And by the grace of God, after our fasting, we decided to rest. Now you've rested well. Amen. We are in the new month of October. And this is the season or the covenant month of renewal, restoration. And we are praying that God will restore unto us everything that we need. Anything that has been taken up from our lives, anything that has been destroyed in our lives, we are praying that there will be divine restoration, there will be renewal. Most importantly, there will be the seasons of refreshing for you in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, um, as we continue, I just want you to know that this is going to be a Bible study. So, I want you to pick your notebooks and your Bibles. Now, if you are watching on your phone, I'm sure that you are using a very, very powerful phone so you can split the screen. So, that you have the video playing and then you have your notes taken up also down there at the bottom so you can type a few things. And what we are going to do today, we are basically going to pick up from where Reverend Delali um, ended. By the grace of God, he started a message on the fall of man, looking at salvation, then jumped into one of the terminologies used in the kingdom. And he spent a lot of his time talking about righteousness. Hallelujah. So the concept of man and man falling and why we needed righteousness, because the fall of man broke a particular relationship that we have with God. And in this context here, God was referred to as in his message, as king and also as a father. So there were several analogies of a son make, doing a mistake or making a mistake and the father getting angry and then the son ran out of the house. And then you need the presence of letting an elder brother to come in and restore the relationship that existed between this younger son and his father. And he talked about that the concept of righteousness first must be defined from the nature and the attributes of God. Then we can look at it being passed to us just as Christ Jesus became an intermediary. So in the, in the, in the topic of intermediary, we looked at Christ Jesus being a mediator, being an advocate, being a priest. And then with Christ Jesus being in between, our relationship was restored and we got a righteous nature. And because of the righteous nature or the revelation of that nature, we are supposed to walk in righteousness and then do the works of righteousness. Now, if you don't listen to it, this is on our YouTube page. It's also, I believe, on Facebook. There are three um, videos and all. Just do your best to um, listen to all of them. He ended on the last one by promising that he would be jumping into the kingdom series. And um, today, here I am. So I, I want to, I don't know how, I mean, when he'll be taking over. But then I want to do some groundwork for him. And then basically look at the kind of information, the kind of understanding, the kind of revelation, the kind of insight we need to have about the kingdom so that we can delve into our understanding and various other teachings. Now, one time I made a comment that the vision of KCF and Zan Impact is to reveal the kingdom and to demonstrate the government of the kingdom. So you would be hearing us, and especially Apostle, talk about kingdom, 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 kingdom. And I try to explain that it's not that we enjoy talking about the kingdom, but actually talking about the kingdom and having a vision to demonstrate the kingdom, reveal the kingdom, demonstrate the government of the kingdom, is a very, very tedious task that has a clause of impossibility in it. So... We need to have some kind of teachings, some kind of um, 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 orientation, some kind of education for us to be able to understand the kingdom message. Now, the first thing that I want us to look at, this is not our core scripture, but this is just for that I could make my preamble. One of the things that I want us to look at in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 10, 
the book of First Samuel chapter 10. Now, this is somewhere in my message, but um, I want us to just look at this quickly before I continue with my preamble. In the book of First Samuel, I believe, the, yeah, First Samuel chapter 10, the verse number 25. Now, pick your Bibles wherever you are. The Bible says, Then Samuel explained to the people the behavior of royalty, and wrote it in a book, and laid it before the Lord. And someone sent all the people away, every man to his house. Now, this is the first time that the people of Israel were getting a king. And it became important that the priest at the time, the prophet at the time, who was establishing this kingly order, this royal family, this monarch, he needed to download from heaven, have an understanding of the kingdom or the divine um, 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 definition, the divine, the divine modus operandi of the kingdom, and then relate it to the people of Israel because this was the first time they were going to have a king rule over them. They've seen several examples, and that was the basis of their request, that we want a king just like our neighbors, just like the other nations. They didn't understand that God was their king. So someone needed to download, receive insight from God, and then explain to the people. So the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 25, that he had to explain to the people the behavior of royalty. So the first thing I want you to understand is that the message of the kingdom has an impossibility clause. So we need to take our time and understand. The second thing I want you to understand is that the message of the kingdom doesn't come to you automatically. You need to be taught about it. Because without the right teaching, you will be working with your own ideology and mindset. And unfortunately for you and me in this current generation, we don't have a, a lot of good examples of kingdoms. So what we have, or the idea we have of kingdoms, they are corrupt versions that we are used to. So many people think of kingdoms and they think about dictatorship and oppression. So you hear the word democracy, the word, the word freedom, which is born out of some kind of rebellion from the kingdom era. Are you getting me so far? Okay. So, what I want to try to do today, and again, um, this is not the first time we've talked about the kingdom. Um, I'd encourage you, I believe we'll put this link in the description or in the post so that you can also go back. But on the KCF podcast, um, kcfministries.podbean.com. Um, the Zan Impact Podcast, zanimpactministries.podbean.com. We have a number of messages about the kingdom. One of the key ones that I'll refer you to is on the KCF Podcast, which is the Efficient Series. So just pick up your phone, subscribe to the KCF or Zan Impact Podcast, and then search for the Efficient Series. Also, you can look at what um, we did um, a couple of years ago, um, the Parables of the kingdom, the parables of the kingdom, right? So that also is, I believe, it's on the Zan Impact Podbino. So um, we've had a number of messages about mysteries, the mystery of the ant. We've had a number of mysteries, um, and, and all of them kind of point us towards what the kingdom is, the kind of behavior we're supposed to have in the kingdom, and all of that. I've also did the kingdom life dynamics about two or three years ago, also on the Zan Impact page. So I'd encourage you to actually subscribe and then listen to them. Now, today, what I'm hoping to do, I don't want to talk really about the things in the kingdom. I want to talk about the kingdom as a whole. Now, um, if you want to talk about the kingdom, there are a number of um, 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 things that we can look at for um, um, KCF and Zan, we can break it down into three main prongs, the king, the kingdom, and then the keys of the kingdom. Now, there's an analogy that I like to use, and that is going to be the foundation on which I start today. Now, again, um, because this is a Bible study, if we are unable to finish, um, I'll continue another time. I'll end and continue another time. So, this analogy is what I want to give. Now, if you've ever had a puzzle, right, a puzzle, um, the ones that you fit together um, in an image, you can have an image 
and then there's a, is it a jigsaw puzzle? I believe that's the word. So there are smaller, 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 smaller pieces of this puzzle. And you need a reference picture so that you align all of these small, small jigsaw puzzles together to recreate the original image that you have on the reference. Now, that is what I'm hoping to do today, to provide some understanding on the context so that you realize that almost everything that we teach in KCF and Zan Impact becomes a particular puzzle piece that could be placed in the reference picture of the kingdom. Now, again, I mentioned KCF and Zan Impact, but generally what I'm talking about is the body of Christ as a whole. Because one of the things that we will get to understand very on, I mean, I mean early on, is that the message of Jesus was primarily based on the kingdom. And everything that you pick, be it faith, is a puzzle piece that should fit into the message of the kingdom. If you pick deliverance, it should be a puzzle piece that should fit into the message of the kingdom. So today, my job um, is to help us understand the place of the kingdom. And I'll title this message, I believe, The Context of the Kingdom. And what I'm talking about is I'm looking at looking at where the kingdom should fit, the place. So I'll be using the term kingdom GPS, but this is just for you to understand some things more. It's not, it's not important. The real message is the context or the place of the kingdom. And we are looking at kingdom GPS. Now, the reason I'm using kingdom GPS is because I want to talk about that bit of technology before we continue. Now, a lot of you are using very, very powerful devices. And very... I mean, in recent times, there's been these geolocation tags. If you are an Apple user, you should know of the air tag. If you are a Samsung user, you should know of the Samsung tile. And there are other geolocation tiles, I mean tags. Now, these tags are so small enough that you can pin it to a particular package, and then you can track in real time the exact location of this particular package. Some people are using these tags mischievously. So they put it in people's cars and they're able to track their cars, put it on people's persons, and they're able to track them. Um, that's, not, that's, not the, that's not the point. I'm just talking about the technology. Now, these geolocation tags are based on a background technology of global positioning system that is called a GPS. Now, you've picked an Uber before. You've picked a boat before. You've used Yango before. You've used Google Maps before. So you should know the concept of... GPS. On your settings menu, you should see location, right? And you should be able to identify where you are based on a map. And then in, if you intend to travel to another place, when you have the GPS of that location, you then know where that place is on the map. And then most importantly, you can draw a particular relationship between where you are and where you are going in terms of distance, in terms of time. And then based on several other compounded information. You can even determine the quality of the road. You can determine whether there are tolls, toll boots on the road, whether there's traffic on the road, whether there are alternative routes. But all of this is based on the background infrastructure called GPS. Global Positioning System. Now, let's talk about GPS a bit because I'm just laying the foundation, then we'll, we'll dive into it. Now, GPS, if you've done, I believe, if you've done some small mathematics, in primary, we did something called the number line. How many people remember the number line? So, you know, there's a line that is drawn on a horizontal plane called an x-axis, right? And then typically, a default number line has the middle of that line being zero. Then you move all the way to the right of the line, and you have, you move between certain set intervals. So, one, two, three, four. If you are moving in terms of 1.5, then you go for 1.5, 3, 4.5, all the way. And then if you move to the left of zero, you enter into negative 1.5, negative 3, negative 4.5, all the way. Or negative 1, negative 2, negative 3, all the way. Then when you entered into GSS, there was two, you didn't just have to deal with just a number line. You had to deal with two more planes. One on the horizontal axis being the X axis on the horizontal plane being the x-axis, and the one on the vertical plane being the y-axis. And you can identify things. So in primary, you could calculate the distance of a particular line. You could calculate the 
circumference of a particular circle. But when you get into GSS and you add more knowledge, and you're looking at two things, you are looking at the X and the Y axis. So you, know, you cannot just calculate the perimeter and the line. You cannot calculate something like um, the area, right? So the area of a square. You have the length, you have the breadth. It's on the X axis, it's on the Y axis. And then by the time you are ending GSS or entering into SS, you can now calculate the volumes of objects. So you not just have an X axis, you don't just have a Y axis, but then you have depth, which is, an, which is a Z axis. I get to me so far, I hope I've not confused you. So this particular model gives us an ability to be able to calculate things in the 3D world, three-dimensional world. First dimensional being the horizontal, second dimensional being the vertical, third dimensional being the Z, right? So in the 3D world, three-dimensional world, X, Y, Z, you can find the volume of certain things. And then with that particular graph, so if you did a, a graph, you know that there's transposing a graph and all of that. We didn't get to do a 3D graph in GSS or SS, but I believe people who have done physics, mathematics, you've been able to draw a 3D graph and you can locate the position of any object. So if I pick the room in which I am, by the grace of God, we actually, and Zan impact the Teshi Brad glory mount, right? So we are preaching from you, we are preaching to you from there, or we are doing our Bible study from their altar. And we thank God for the grace upon this ministry. Now, if I pick the place where I am, if I know the length, the breadth, and the height of the space I'm in, I can find the position of anything in the space, right? I get to me so far. So let's just pick this particular altar. This particular altar is two-dimensional. So let's just use the length and the breadth. If I put my book here, I know the relationship that, okay, it's on coordinate X and Y, and I can always find it. But then, assuming that time passes, this object moves, right? Now the position has changed, but it's in the same space. So time becomes a factor when you're looking for things. Now, I want you to understand me because, I mean, I want you to just pay attention. Even though I'm talking a little bit of physics or technology, I'm not trying to use any technical term except one that I'll use very soon. Time becomes a factor when you're looking at location. Now, you see, the Bible says that when God created the heavens and the earth, the Bible says that God planted a garden and God put man in the eastern side of Eden. Now, when... God came and couldn't find Adam where he had placed him. God asked a question. Adam, where are you? Now, if you check the Bible, based on the scriptures that we have, that was the first communication that God released to Adam directly. That was written. Hallelujah. All of the time before that, God was speaking to himself. God was speaking over man. God was speaking over the things that were around. But the first clear communication was a question about location. Was a quote? Question about location. Now, in earlier times, we've done, Prophet Hayward has helped us look at the mystery of location, right? So we're not going to go into that. But you can go and actually read and realize that, yeah, location has to do a lot with um, your life here on earth. So the first question that God ever asked man was a question about location. Now, when you come to the book of Ephesians chapter 1, when Paul was trying to introduce his letter, introduce who God was, introduce who Jesus Christ was, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, it says in the verse number 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So we get to understand that even our work as Christians, our work as Christian, as kingdom citizens, our, our, the things we receive as blessings, they are coded in certain locations. Coded in certain locations. The Bible says that they are... We have been blessed with spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So the mystery about location is a very, very, very deep message. And we are not going to go into that today. But I'm just using that as a background that you need to understand. When you have a two-dimensional plane, you need an X axis and a Y. But when things begin to move, there's a concept of time. Now, that is how a GPS works. A GPS works on an expanded concept of your x-axis, x-axis, your y-axis, your z-axis, and then time. Hallelujah. 
So if I pick any particular GPS receiver, I just need three particular satellites out of the lot to be able to tell me my X, my Y, my Z. Hallelujah. Now, if you've done any bit of animation before, right, whether it is 2D animation, realize that there's a concept of X and Y. If you go into 3D animation, there's a concept of X, Y, Z axis, and then there's time, right? If you've done anything that has to do with um, um, visual effect, graphic, um, um, video visual effect, you realize that there's a concept of X, Y, Z. Now, if you come into the concept of even robotics, um, mapping, we are now talking about... Um, um, robotic cars, cars that can drive themselves, they are all using the concept of X, Y, Z. And I know this is far-fetched, but my point is, you will learn something called number line in the primary. And this is the concept that has been compounded for us to be able to order our boat, order our Uber, and then use Google Maps. So today, that's what I'm coming to do. I want us to be able to build all the ways we will get to a GPS looking at the number line, the graph, and then the 3D graph, and then we can get there, right? So um, that's basically what I'm trying to do. So what I'm trying to do today is look at the context of the kingdom. I want to, be, I want to by the grace of God, place the message of the kingdom of God or the mandates of the kingdom of God in a particular plane so that when we hear any message, when we hear any preaching, in case you have an impact outside, we should be able to find, okay, where is the X, Y, and Z, or the time reference, so that you can locate that, okay, this message is in the kingdom, and it is relevant in this particular place, and this is how it benefits me. I get to me so far. I get to me so far. So, if you understand me, say hallelujah wherever you are. Amen. Now, one of the reasons why I'm doing this is because if you look at the book of Mark, Right, the Bible talks about Jesus Christ coming out of his temptation experience after his 40 day fast. The Bible says that the first thing he said in Mark chapter 1, verse 15 the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Then the Bible uses a strange word. The Bible says, Repent and believe in the gospel. It says, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Then it says, repent and believe in the gospel. We've heard of repent and we typically associate it with moving away from sin. And of course, yes, that is what it means. But then the core definition of repent means to change your mind. It means that to have a transformation in thought is to have a reversal or an uneducation of the things that you've learned so that you can be re-educated. I get me so far. So if you check and your Bible is correct, the Bible is a powerful Bible, Mark chapter 1 verse 15 should be in red. You should tell that Jesus said it. If your Bible doesn't have that verse in red, it's still a powerful Bible anyway. So God bless you. So it says, Mark chapter 1 verse 15, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Then it says, repent. So it means that in order to approach the kingdom, in order to receive, the Bible says, and believe in the gospel, believe in the good news, believe in the message. In order for you to receive that message, the good news, in relation to the kingdom, there must be some kind of unedication. There must be some kind of repentance so that we can be re-educated. And just as we saw in the book of First Samuel chapter 10 verse 25. The Bible says that and someone taught the people the manner of royalty. He taught them the way of the kingdom, the behavior of royalty. The Bible says that and he wrote it in a book and laid it before the Lord. So there's a need for teaching. But before the teaching, there must be the repentance or the changing of mind. Now, in the month of October, um, this month is a month of renewal restoration, refreshing. But the concept of repentance also comes in here. And that is why I'm starting this particular way. So what we are going to do today, let me just give you a roadmap of what we are going to do today. What we are going to do today is basically go through the Bible from Genesis all the way and 
I especially want to end in the book of Acts, the book of the Acts of the Apostles, right? So we start from Genesis. But what we are going to do is that we are going to pick certain key stories of the scriptures from Genesis all the way to the book of Acts. Then we would lay a 3D graph. The x-axis, the y-axis, the z-axis with the component of time. So that you can be able to um, um, clearly position everything and anything that you hear um, um, in the ministry, after the ministry, in your Bible study, your interaction with God, in the framework or the GPS system of the kingdom. So that is what we are looking at today. The context of the kingdom, the place of the kingdom, or what I'm referring to, the kingdom GPS. And as I said, that's, it's not important. It's not important. It's just to lay a technological um, foundation. Hallelujah. I with me. Are you excited? I'm excited. So we are about to start. This is KCF Ministries. Stay connected with us on all our social media platforms at KCF Min on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at KCF Ministries. Keep listening. Um, and again, like I said, we will start. Um, once we are done, we'll be done in about an hour or so. Once we are done, we'll end and then by the special grace of God, would continue again. So like I said, this message is actually based on where Reverend Della ended um, a couple of weeks ago. He promised to start on the Kingdom series. So I'm laying the framework so that anyone or whatever, whenever he's able to start, you understand where to find that message, where to position yourself in the kingdom. Amen. 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 Oh, shout an amen with me. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, the first thing that I want us to look at, and this is the very, very key scripture that we've heard and used a lot of times. The book of Genesis chapter 1, the verse number 26. This is what the Bible says. The Bible says that then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. If you are using your Bible, underline that word dominion. Over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Hallelujah. Now, in this key scripture, the Bible then moves on to the 27 and the 28. Let's look at the 28. The Bible says, then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. And subdue it. Have dominion over the fish. Over the birds of the air. Over the fish of the sea. Over the birds of the air. Over every living thing that moves upon the earth. So in these two scriptures, we realize that this was one of the first things that God spoke to man. When I talked about Adam, where are you? I said the very first question that God said to man, right? Now, the first thing that God said to the spirit of man. So this is not just talking about gender here, but talking about the spirit of man, right? That resides both in man and the woman. The Bible says that God spoke to man and says that have dominion. It's from that word dominion that we get the concept of domain or kingdom. Hallelujah. So when God was speaking to Adam, he says have rulership. Have authority. Have dominion. Then he says over the seas, over the earth. Over the land, over the air. Hallelujah. So you realize that one of the first things, and you know, you have to journey back to Genesis because that is the place where there is the first articulation of the um, vision that God had for this strange being that He had created. And like I mentioned, we are not going to delve into different concepts of the kingdom. Or we're just going to talk about the, the kingdom in general. So if, 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 if you decide to delve into the message of the kingdom, you have to really, really understand who man is. Because man is a very, very strange being. But again, we're not talking about that. So in this particular scripture, we realize that God was about to do something. In the book of Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, we realize that the Bible says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 
If you come to the book of Psalm, the Bible makes us understand that the heavens, God dwells there. But the earth he has given to the sons of men. That means that God in this particular scripture and in several other scriptures decided to exempt himself from the affairs of the earth. But what he rather did was that he put someone in charge to take over the affairs, the management, the stewardship of the earth. And this was done in the capacity of a ruler, the capacity of a king, the capacity of a government official. That is what God did, right? Now, one of the things that I want us to understand as we move on from here is that when God was about to demonstrate this, you should understand that God doesn't live in time. And before the earth and the heavens were, God already existed. So it means that it took a particular special um, grace, a particular special reason, a particular special um, 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 objective or vision for God to come into this particular um, time or moment in history and then fashion an earth, put on, put in put in the earth a man for the earth, for the, for the man to rule the earth. So there was something that God wanted to demonstrate. So you must understand that when God started, God, in order to communicate his vision, he needed to be able to find certain prototypes or certain templates for him to demonstrate. Now I'm using the word prototype and template um, as an artist would use a canvas. So it's a tool that you have for you to be able to paint what is in your mind. So God used certain individuals, certain families, certain nations, certain circumstances, certain times and seasons to paint a particular thing that was laid upon his heart and something that was laid in his mind. Hallelujah. So we realize that when God started his project, one of the first things that he did is that he located a man and then he gave this man the Dominion mandate. Hallelujah. He gave this man what? The dominion mandate. So the first prototype or template, if you are writing notes, is that there is the template of the first man. There is a template of what? The first man. So write this down in your notes. And again, we are looking at the context of the kingdom. So I'm just laying the X axis, Y axis, Z axis. This is the first foundation. There's a concept or the template of the first man. Now, a number of things happened all the way to Genesis chapter 3. And man had to leave the garden or the presence of God. And things began to fall out of order. So, there was the fall, what we call the fall, right? The introduction of sin. If you listen to the very, very first message from Reverend Delali, he talked about this already, right? So, I'm not going to delve into that. But we looked at things getting out of order. And this continued all the way till the book of Genesis chapter 6. Now, in the book of Genesis chapter 6, there is something that happens. Now, in the book of Genesis chapter 3, the verse number 3, Genesis chapter 6, the verse number 3, the Bible says that, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed what? Flesh. I talked about the concept of the first man. Yet his day shall be 120. And the Bible talked all the way down that God then decided to wipe away everything that had been created from his first template that had fallen out of order from the first man up until Noah. I get to me. Now, when we get to the area of Noah, God then removed everything and there was what we call the great flood. Now, the Bible says, when you jump all the way, again, um, as I'm saying, we are just scrolling through the Bible. When we jump all the way to the verse number, number 8. Now, the Bible says that, Genesis chapter 8, verse 1. Then God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the animals that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters subsided. Now, this gives us a similar picture as we saw in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 that God created the heavens and the earth and whatever. And the earth was without form and void. And there was the deep. 
and the Spirit of God was hovering upon the face of the waters. I get to mean. So we come to Genesis chapter 8 and we see a similar image being painted. And what God said is that, and God caused a wind to blow over the earth, which is similar to the Spirit of God moving over the face of the deep. And the Bible says that, and God said, let there be light. So when the Spirit of God or the wind moved over the face of the water in Genesis chapter 8, we realize that, and the Bible says, and the waters began to recede. Now, there was now restructure. Just as God created things in Genesis chapter 1, or recreated things in Genesis chapter 1, there was a similar experience happening again in the book of Genesis chapter 8. Hallelujah. So, when God was done with what he was doing, because the flood had destroyed everything except Noah, his family, and the animals that were with him. Hallelujah. So, God comes again in Genesis chapter 9. And then you realize that from the verse number 1, God said, the Bible says, So, God blessed Noah. Genesis chapter 9 verse 1. So, God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And then he went all the way down. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast. And it went down, 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 down. Now, you realize that it seems, it is a very, very similar mandate that God gave to Adam. That now, God was giving to Noah. I get to me. So, God Pick the same, and in fact, use some of the same language, the same terms. And God decided to give the same mandate to Adam. I mean, that gave to Adam to Noah. And you realize that a few changes God did when he was given this new proclamation in Genesis chapter 9. And I'll just mention one, a non-serious change, just for whatever. Realize that in the book of Genesis chapter 1, God says that God gave the plants, the herbs, the fruits of the trees to man as food. But then in Genesis chapter 9, when God was effecting changes, God then gave the trees to the man as food. But then he added also the beast. I get to me. So all those who don't eat meat vegetarians, pescatarians, whatever, 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 vegans, you have to read the book of Genesis chapter 9 so that the Lord will help you. Amen. So that the Lord will help you. Amen. So in that same scripture, you realize that then God decided to also talk about the valley of blood because right after the fall, you realize that the first family, Adam and his wife and his children, there was now murder. That was happening inside of their family. So God decided to spend his time talking about the value of blood. They realized that things began to progress because now everybody had been wiped. So Noah started again in the capacity or similar capacity as Adam. And then when men filled the earth, God now looked, okay, I've had the concept or the template of the first man. Adam came into this. Um, Noah came into the situation and it was like a remake of that first man. But then now God was now looking just beyond the first man. And he started to move from the first man to look at the first family. The first family. Like I mentioned, we are building all the way up. So he started from the first man. Noah came to kind of redo whatever was destroyed by the circumstance of Adam. And then we got the first family. Now, when God was looking for a template for the first family, God didn't look at the family of Noah. God didn't look at the immediate descendants of Noah. God located one man who was far away in the desert, worshipping, I believe, an idol, or as we know. I mean, he wasn't a Christian. He, wasn't, he didn't know God as it were. Worshipping whatever God that he was used to, Right? And the Bible says that God located him. And when God found that man, God says this man and his family were the right template that he would use to propagate his agenda of the kingdom. Are you getting me? So we move from the template of the first man. And then we come to the story or the key story of Abraham. And we realize that Abraham gave us the framework 
that the first family could be born. So we realize that if you look at who Abraham is, even in the New Testament, when you talk about his, um, his significance, even in the life of Jesus and all, realize that he was a significant pillar because God was looking for certain pillars, certain templates, so he could move his agenda. So we come to the book of Genesis, right? And the Bible says, after God had called Abraham out, um, one of the key instructions he gave to this man, Abraham, for which he used to guide his family, the first family, was in the book of, um, I believe, Genesis chapter 12, all the way, right? But then um, one of the key verses that I want us to look at is the verse number 3. Actually, let's start from the verse number 2. So, in fact, let me read from Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 12, the verse number 1. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country, get out of your family, and get out of your father's house to the land where I'll show you. Then the Bible says in the verse number 2, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. The verse number 3 says, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So we get to understand that one of the things that God did was that God didn't relate to Abraham just as an individual. But he related to Abraham as an embodiment of a nation. As an embodiment of all nations. And as an embodiment of all families. So God decided to use him as a template. As a prototype. To advance his kingdom agenda. And like I said the last time, that kingdom business is family business. Say it with me. Kingdom business is family business. So you can't talk about the kingdom. You can't understand the kingdom if you don't understand the structure of family and how relations between individuals of a family look like. I guess I mean. And like I mentioned also, when we talk about the kingdom, we are looking at, yes, the legal, governmental things. But because it's about family, there are a lot of complicated, mushy feelings that sometimes doesn't make sense. You know, and that's why when you talk about the kingdom and the behavior and the culture of the kingdom, some things don't make sense. Some things don't make sense. I get to me. Because it's about people in relationship in the context of a family. I with me. So God found this man, Abraham, and Abraham became the template that he could build the first family or the first kingdom family, right? So, in the book of Genesis chapter 28, now, when it came to God's relationship with Abraham, he told him that Abraham, there was no law at the time. So, he told Abraham, and this is where the concept of righteousness, that Reverend Delilah, labor to explain comes from that it's about relationship so god told abraham that walk before me and be blameless it was there was the emphasis between god's relationship and 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 abraham was the concept of we are in sync we are having a relationship we are having a right kind of alignment in our work when there's a shift on God's side, Abraham should be able to sense the shift and align. When, the shift, when there's a shift on Abraham's side, God should be able to feel the shift and align. There's that kind of interdependence, there's that kind of alignment and realignment that always took place. And that's what righteousness is. They ensure that you are constantly aligned, right? So God's relationship with Abraham was on the concept of relationship, which birthed righteousness. I get to me. Again, we are not going to delve into righteousness. It has already been dealt with. So, when Abraham was positioned as the template for the first family, he was elevated to the place of a father. I get to me. And that is how come you understand the dynamics between Abraham and his son Isaac. And how it reflects the dynamics between God the Father and the Word coming into the earth realm to become the Son. Now, like I said, 
kingdom business is what? Family business. So when you understand the family system of God, of what we have in the life of Abraham, you can understand the dynamics that also go on in the kingdom. I get to me. So we have Abraham being elevated to the place of a father, the great patriarch, so that he could birth his family. Now, there was a promise that God gave, right? Also, in the book of Genesis chapter 22, the verse number 18, the Bible says that in thy seed, if the Bible is yours, underline that phrase, Genesis chapter 28, the, Genesis chapter 22, the verse number 18, Genesis chapter 22, the verse number 18, the Bible says that and in your seed, Underline that phrase, in your seed. It says, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Now, this is after his test of um, 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 sacrificing Isaac to God. The Bible says that, and in your seed. Now, if you go to the book of Hebrews and, one of, and many of Paul's messages... Paul tried to establish that when God said in your seed, we understand that literally the only seed, well, Abraham had a number of seeds, but I'm talking about the seed or the offspring that carried the promise. Many people would say Isaac. But Paul decided to break it down. The writer of Hebrews decided to expand it to let us know that this didn't, this message or declaration wasn't in the literal sense. It had a prophetic connotation that referenced or pointed the light on Jesus. So when he says that in your seed, of course, yes, we see that the promise of the seed moved from Isaac and they moved to Jacob and they moved to the 12 tribes. But then we realized that um, the prophetic message there was that the seed was referring to Jesus. And that is why when we understand how the family system of God related to Abraham. We can understand how we ourselves can be brought into the family of God by our association, by our believing, by our connection to Jesus. Because through Jesus, we get that seed. The Bible says that through your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. By our connection to Jesus, then we get into the kingdom then the nations shall be blessed. And this is no longer linked to just one small tribe of Judah or one small tribe from Abraham's loins, moving all the way to Isaac, moving all the way to Jacob, moving all the way to the 12 sons, right? It's no longer. It's about all the nations, all the nations. So when God was speaking to Abraham as a father, he was talking to him about kingdom. You understand me? As God was talking to Abraham as a father, he was still propagating the kingdom message. Hallelujah. So, I said we started from the first template, the first man. We got the next template, which is the first family which originated from Abraham. And then the promise was passed from Isaac to the promise kept his, two, his first son Esau. And then went to his second son, Jacob. Now, for Jacob, we realize that when God encountered him, the Bible says that he had a name, Jacob. He had an identity as a supplanter. But then, a lot of things happened in his life. When God was about to really usher him into his destiny, the Bible says that he had an encounter with God, an encounter with an angel. And God then conferred, upon him, a change of identity that became not just an individual's name, but that change of identity was a nationalistic identity. So God gave him the name Israel. And the first template that became the template of the nation that God will use to demonstrate his kingdom agenda was based on a singular encounter with the one man Jacob. Out of that one man, Jacob, we get the 12 sons who became the 12 tribes of that entire nation, Israel. So we move from the first template, the first man, the template of the one family becomes the first family. And then now from Jacob, we move into the first nation. So Israel literally was not um, um, 
unique in the sense that they were people who believed God well, people who trusted God well, people who were proper in their thinking and understanding. No, they were special in the sense that God found them as the right template to demonstrate his kingdom agenda. So God decided to God decided to follow closely after the people of Israel. Now, assuming that God didn't use Abraham and God found someone else, maybe the father of Abraham called her, and then he had children, and then out of him there was another person. The man that God had that had an encounter with the angel was called maybe the Amalekite. Would the, the journey would have continued from there, and we might be dealing with, oh, and God's chosen nation, the chosen nation of the Amalekites. I get what I mean. It just so happens that God found this particular nation. And I'm, not, I'm using the word so far because it wasn't out of chance. It was out of the alignment of the individuals in that family, especially from Noah all the way to Abraham. And the covenant that they established, it was imprinted on the heart of God that he should choose the people of Israel. Right? So if the other people had also known God and established the same kind of covenant and relationship, it might have been them. But then for the Bible story, we have a prototype family that we use. And it jumped from the first man, the first family, and then we jump into the first nation where Israel becomes a critical pillar. I guess to me so far. Then from there, the 12 sons we get into the first nation. Now, the first nation, let me just talk about it briefly. So, I think what I'll do is that I'll end here on the first nation and then we'll continue at another time, right? The prototype of the first nation. Now, the Bible says, because of God's agenda, when God was speaking to the patriarch Abraham, he mentioned in his declaration that out of you there shall be nations. He said to him that your descendants would be slaves in another country, and they will be slaves for 400 years. Now, if you look at this out of context, out of the kingdom context, it looks like God was just having a lovely day, and he decided, okay, let me just cause some chaos. Let me just bring some conflict. And then decided to throw the people of Abraham and his descendants into captivity. But no, realize that when you put it in the right context, the GPS system, the place, the context of the kingdom, you realize that now from the first man, Adam, all the families that happened, all the families that were brought into being, especially from Genesis chapter 11, they got a mandate from God when the Tower of Babel was being built. God decided to intervene and spread the sons of men and their families. So people, whenever they created their families, they moved away. Whether it was close by or very far away, families and people were moving all across the, all across the world. Now the Bible says that God had found Abraham. He had found the first family that he wanted to build the first nation out of. It was necessary that he had this nation together in one place. So that he could demonstrate his agenda to them as a unit. So, in essence, the people going into captivity was, of course, and you should understand if you've understood the concept of God's will. That, of course, it was born out of God's will. But then also, it was born out of God's intention to demonstrate his vision of getting a people that were related by family so that they grow in number to become their prototype nation that he could use that okay all nations of the world look at this particular nation Israel and demonstrate your life after them so it was necessary that these people went into captivity because inside of Egypt they were in a particular confines now the Bible says in the book of Genesis chapter um, 46 the verse number 26 Genesis chapter 46 the verse number 26 Israel who was the father of these 12 tribes. The Bible says that he and his extended family were a number of 66 souls. Genesis chapter 46, the verse number 26. They were in total, they were in total 66 souls and they journeyed into Egypt. The Bible then says that and they began to grow. 
they began to multiply. They began to expand. And then their, the different tribes or the different brothers began to um, um, become strong in number, in, 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 in skill, and, 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 and a lot of other things. And the kingdom at the time, Egypt, decided to oppress them. Then God said that he's going to pull these particular people that had become a mighty nation out of them. So the Bible says that in the book of Exodus, chapter 12, the verse number 37 and the verse number 38. Exodus chapter 12, the verse number 37 and the verse number 38. The Bible says that a mixed multitude, let me start from the verse number 37, then the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses, which is inside of Egypt, to, to Saka, about 600,000 men on foot besides children. So he realized that if the men alone were 6,000, it means that they were almost in their millions. If the, the men were 600,000, 600,000 men, that means that the entire population was almost in their millions, if not more than a million. Hallelujah. So we realize that Egypt, if you take it out of context... It's just, okay, a place of enslavement, a place of captivity. But then if you look at it from the kingdom perspective, inside of the XY axis, the GPS framework of the kingdom, it became a tool for incubation so that the one man that had moved to the one family that is now trying to be the nation, they can be incubated in a particular place where they don't just spread and scatter, but then they were collectively bred in that same place that the Bible says that when they surged out of Egypt, they came out as 600,000 men on foot, besides children. And the Bible says in the verse number 38, a mixed multitude went up also among them. There were flocks and there was a great deal of livestock. So it was not just people. It was what would make a whole nation. They moved out of Egypt. Hallelujah. So as we started, we've gotten the first man. We've gotten the first family. And then from the first family, you have the 12 brothers. But then because they were incubated inside of Egypt, 66 persons, they, now bet, they were now bet forth or they searched out as an entire nation. And God's agenda of a template nation was bad. I get to me. So God's template of the first man was bad in Adam. Noah came to kind of redo some of it. Abraham was chosen as the patriarch to start the first family. And this family was incubated in captivity. When they came out of Egypt, they were now the template family, the first nation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So this was now the first nation, the prototype that God could speak to. So what I'll do is that I'll end here so that we start again from this same point um, the next time we meet. But then... Today, what I want you to understand is that according to the book of Fair Samuel chapter 10, verse 25, the Bible says that when there was the first king, we will go there later on in future, we are praying that God will teach us the behavior or the manner of royalty, the manner of the kingdom. Now, what I'm praying for you is that Every kind of, you see, when Jesus was introduced in Mark chapter 1, the verse number 5, he says, and he began to talk about the kingdom of God. But then he started with the word repent. We are praying that the grace of God will locate you wherever you are. In your hall, in your kitchen, in your bedrooms, in your homes, in your offices, on your phones, on your laptops, on your TVs. As you are using an earpiece, we are praying that the grace of God will share through whatever medium that you are connecting with us. At this particular point in time. And that God will begin to do the work of repentance. Where there will be changing of mind. On learning the things that has become an impediment. A barrier. A limitation. That the Bible says repent and believe the gospel. That when you receive the message of the good news. It will be out of the confines of a limitation. That the agenda of God. In this end time season. The agenda of the kingdom would have its full work in your life, would have its full work in your family, would have its full work in your career, in your education, and in everything that concerns you. I pray for you that in this season of renewal, restoration, 
the season of repentance. We ask, O oh Lord, that let the seasons and the times of refreshing fall upon your children. Let the seasons and the time of refreshing fall upon your children. As God gave the mandate of the kingdom to the first Adam, to the first man, to the first family, and to the first nation. And they say that have dominion and subdue. I pray that the grace and the oil of dominion will fall upon you. I declare that in the regions of the air, you will rule. In the regions of the land, you will rule. In the regions of the waters, you will rule. I declare that in the plains of the spiritual, you will rule. In anything that has to do with the physical, you will rule. Things that have to do with systems, financial systems, educational systems, business systems, the grace of dominion will fall upon you. And I pray that you would have the extra oil to subdue and to bring things into alignment. Anything that, was, that is out of order. Paul gave a charge to his son Titus. And he says, I left you in Crete. Titus chapter 1, the verse number 5. I left you in Crete that you set in order the things that are lacking. I pray that the grace of God will fall upon your head. And that by the dominion mandate of God, you set in order the things that are lacking. By the disobedience of Adam, things went out of order. But then by the obedience and the covenant of Noah, God began to set things in order. By the covenant and the obedience, the Bible says, walk before me and be blameless. Then Abraham began to align things on the family system. And when, 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 when Jacob encountered the angel of the Lord, the Bible says that he was brought into alignment. Of course, things had to break out of his life to come into alignment. And I pray that anything that is not of God will break out of your life. That you will have the grace of God to work in the regions of the dominion mandate of God in the name of Jesus. God bless you so much and we'll see you next time. This is um, KCF and Zion Impact Ministries coming to you this particular day with the Renew Your Mind service, which is now the Kingdom Mindset service. God bless you and plenty love from the side of heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message. If you were blessed by this, share it with someone and be an agent of impactful change for the kingdom of God. God bless you.